comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. He's toast. No one could survive that. And no one could survive this. But, but why shoot me now? It doesn't make sense. Because you'd say too much. And you know too little. Episode 236. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Move your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to A Half Hour Wasted. Tonight's episode, New Beginnings. Everybody and welcome to Half Hour Wasted. This is another patio show because it is beautiful it's about outside. Seventy something degrees on the patio, which is yeah. very strange. For actually, my phone says seventy degrees, well, a high of eighty-two today. For you people up in Minnesota, it's probably already thirteen below, and you've got three <laughs> feet of snow on the ground. So, uh, ha <laughs> ha. It was. Um, we're, we're here to mock people who live in colder climes. I mean, the temperature this summer, no lie, was probably a high of two hundred and forty-six degrees. That's like the magic number. That's but cumulus. But you know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's been down to that's that's if you ask. That's if you ask. Add uh, the nighttime temperature and the daytime temperature together. Um, you well, know, I would like to take this up. This is we, actually we use different math down here. <laughs> I told you guys it's okay. We're good. Welcome back, Frank. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm back from my uh, from a two week hiatus. Uh, I want to thank everybody out there for those people who aren't maybe up and stuff like that. My mom recently passed away like two weeks ago. Oh my gosh, I think it's been a month. I don't know, three weeks? I kind of lost track of time. But uh, I was gone for two weeks. Brad and Bill, I would personally like to thank you for showing up very unexpectedly to my mother's mass at the funeral. That was a wonderful surprise. And uh, that's, what, that's what family does, brother. Yeah. You did Herds, a great... Hard uh, stick together, dude. My, uh, my parents were very impressed. <coughs> or my, see, keep saying that, my parents. Yeah. yeah. My family, family was very impressed that you guys... Uh, you have three sisters. Up. I gotta tell you, when you weren't looking, one of them hit on me. <laughs> really? Yeah. That was Francis. Was it? Okay. <laughs> I was trying to be respectful and say, you know, we really shouldn't do this right now. <laughs> Give me a call, and then I just ended up forgetting to give <laughs> yeah. her my phone number. So, sorry, Francis. I had one I'll, question: Are yeah. all are all your siblings' middle uh, initials A? <laughs> Let's see. There is Bertha J. Cicada. She's married. Okay. Francis S. Oh. Uh, Bentley. She was previously married. That blows my theory. And Priscilla E. Bergulio. She's married too. Okay. So, and not, Frank. We all have middle Presley. initials. Yeah. Okay. We have Is a it, guest on the patio. It would have been awesome if it had been Francis A. Rencon. Yeah. It would have been. And we have confusing. a guest on the patio? Yes, we do. This is uh, this is one of my... Uh, uh, th- this one is my fault, by the way. So uh, when this craters badly, uh, you, you can all email me. Uh, this is one of my buddies um, from the olden times, uh, back when we were in high school. The old and republic. Pat is Pat is one of my oldest and dearest friends, and, and he may not like to hear that, but uh, but it's true. And uh, Pat is uh, graces with his presence. 
Great to be here. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, hey, guys. Yeah, you know, you're actually your focus is going to be on the next show where we talk about uh, the next show coming up next week on a half hour wasted yeah. fantasy football. Oh, hey, too early to tease. <laughs> <laughs> FAQs. We're going to talk about fantasy football. That's what Patrick's yes. here for. But uh, today, it'll be interesting maybe to get Patrick's point of view on the topic that we're going to discuss today, which yes. is the new DC relaunch. Yeah. Do you have you read comic books at all? You know, ever? I was I was a comics fan back in the day when I was a teenager, young adult. Uh, I guess you're talking about a DC comic. I was a big Marvel fan. All the comics I liked best were Stan Lee products. So there you go. It'll be interesting to hear about what DC is doing. Okay. Well, this may be this is going to be new, <coughs> and I think you'll be fascinated by, by what we have to say and. Well, what, 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 I was, what what's actually going on? When I was speaking to Pat earlier, uh, it was like, well, this could be perfect. Is this loud? No, it's not affecting the show at all. Hey, Don't put your head it. in that and tighten it up. God, God. I'm really? sorry, what? Really? What did I say out loud? No, I'm kidding. Come on. Thank you. I'll keep that, young man. Thank you. I'm Don't kidding. listen to Brad. He's a, he's a bad influence today. I guess Brad didn't get his cough syrup or whatever um, it is. You can sit up here, uh, Do we want to talk about our music show now or save that till Let, later? Let's touch on that. So that okay. was that, those are the two shows that I was out on, and I have to say the feedback on it was pretty spectacular. We got lots of great feedback on it. Do you guys need that, bro? Yeah, try, don't lift it yeah. up because it'll hurt you. Hey, what's when your Frank favorite was music? Gone, what are your top Bill five Bill and I stage? talked about our favorite uh, albums of all time. It's... My idea was to start off like with our top five albums of all time. Then I said, man, that'd be kind of hard, so let's do five of our top ten albums of all time, because that gives us some play time, some leeway. And then but, I inadvertently ended up doing my top six of all time, and I think I think Bill followed suit. But we did get lots of feedback, lots of comments. Um, you know, one comment so, I would like to make about my list is that it was actually... When it comes to albums, that's always a growing, changing list. And sure. those, are, those are the top five now okay. it's, it's no, going to be different six months from now it's going to be different a year from now because I think that thing grows and changes for me the, the top six will only change if a new album comes out that replaces one of those mm. so that's how certain I am about that I have to say that uh, the Legion of Dudes were uh, uh, smitten with the idea and so they attempted to do their own uh, half hour wasted point five show how'd that work out for them well it didn't because the hurricane Irene. Oh, wham, wham. Mother Nature's Fury. Did that stop us down here in Texas? No. It was 115 degrees down here for like eight months. Frank just got rid of the chimes. You don't like the chimes? Well, I thought it would interrupt. No, we're good. Um, Dude, but it's, wait a minute. We've got, we've got this. Okay, we've got this guy down here. Say hi, Sage. Sage? Okay, apparently that's the trick. Yes, we ask him to command. speak, and then he'll be quiet for the rest of the show. <laughs> Jordan ended up doing his own top five albums. Which what did they number the show? It was a point five. It was, was two hundred thirty four point five. Yeah, and uh, it was nice production value on that episode. I have to say though that if I was on a road trip with Jordan, I would either throw myself out of the vehicle while it was careening down the highway at seventy miles an hour, and <laughs> oh, no. listening to Jordan's selections. Or I would grab the steering wheel and run us into the embankment well, and off a river into off the bridge into the river. Refresh our memories, Brad. What, what were his top? I don't even remember. That's how some of that's but, how uh, different tastes we have. But uh, just know a lot this. of prog you should rock. Listen to it. Yeah, it's a very good episode. A lot of prog rock, and I give don't Jordan, diss on prog rock. Dude. I, I hate it. 
I can't stand it. I give Jordan props for, for doing that. And, uh, oh, that explains why Brad was so silent when, we, when I made him listen to uh, Wolf Mother's uh, Cosmic Egg on the way down to Corpus. No, that wasn't that bad. That wasn't that bad. I listened to their first album on the way up to uh, Normantown uh, Saturday and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. It wasn't that so bad. So everybody go out and get uh, Wolf Mother's first <coughs> album. Go to, well, go to wolfmother.org. Well, I'd just like to say, really, Bill, you had a show on music and you didn't invite me for that one? You know, that's my true area of expertise. And so I'll just throw this out there. The, you know, I know we're not doing that show this week, but if I had one, one pick, you know, the most recent album that would be a top fiver for me would probably be the White Stripes Elephant. Oh, that's a good one. It wouldn't be in my top, it may be in my top hundred, but it wouldn't be in my top five. That's a good album. All right. Now, which one, uh, which one's Elephant? Elephant's the the one with ball and a biscuit on it, and okay. uh, you know it's got the song uh, at the end that's with uh, oh, what's her name? The English folky. Uh, you talking about um, um, Fiona Apple? No, no. you're not talking about Adele, up. are you? No. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. Uh, uh, Amy Winehouse. No. Nope. The deceased. She's oh, the- too soon. She was 27, which is we never talked about that. The the miracle of twenty seven. The the one I'm thinking of is the member of was a member of the head coatees. White stripes elephant. Maybe we should just tell who it is so we can move on. Yeah, right. <laughs> who is it? You got a mosquito fair, on your face, there, Frank. Thank you. It's still there. It's dug it in. Oh, Boy, it got a big. Holly, go lightly. Okay. 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 Yes. Well, let's um. Okay, let's move on because we want to talk about DC's relaunch last week. Flashpoint. Okay. And JLA. I hold in my hand the last new DC comic book I will ever buy. Now, okay, you said that. We're gonna hold you to it. <laughs> now, is this okay? Now, are no. you are you couching this? Or are you gonna be you be buying uh, you be buying uh, digital copies? No, no, I don't believe I will. Okay. Wow. Well, let's get to that because it's actually the last issue of Flashpoint, Flashpoint number five. five. So let's. Uh, how about I give a quick, very quick recap? Uh, I, just, I just hope this is going to be like uh, the buddy of yours that decides to stop drinking or smoking, but every time he comes over to your house, he needs to he needs to bum a couple from you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Yeah, I don't drink anymore. Uh, you, you, you get an extra Miller in the fridge for okay, me or listen, something? As, as of this moment right now, I have no desire to read any of the new DC Universe. Okay. okay. I really don't. I'd, and I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. Because I read uh, Justice League number one. Whoa! How'd you get away with that? Huh? I bar- how'd, how'd you I get bar- away with that? I borrowed a copy. Oh, okay. Now, now, people, now the truth is starting to shine through. <laughs> I yes. borrowed a copy. Well, you, can, you can obfuscate the truth all you want, but if you're going to be reading them, no, that counts I'm for ta- something. Let me finish my sentence. All right. Sentence. I don't usually like to do that, but go ahead. You feel <laughs> no, you don't. On your leg. Oh, no. <laughs> silly. Right. I read Justice League 1, and I don't think I'm going to miss it. I don't think I'm going to miss the DC universe, and I'll just leave it at that. And, well, I'm, and, I'm okay I, and, with I, that. and I think I can, and I think I know why you won't miss okay. it. But we'll, but we'll get to that when we get to it. But all right, let's talk about Flashpoint. We'll do. A, let me do a quick recap. Flash wakes up one day in his uh, in a world where his mother is still alive because she had obviously been murdered in um, in in our universe, and everything is very very different in this universe. Superheroes don't exist. Batman is actually not Bruce Wayne, but his father, Thomas Wayne. And Barry Allen is struggling because he's losing his memory. Uh, his memory of 
of the DC that we know and love, the yes. DC universe that we know and love. There is a war between the Amazons and the Atlanteans. Uh, again, it is fierce. It is the world is slowly, slowly falling apart. Barry is trying to bring his world back together. In the end, in the final episode issue, he brings the new DC world back. It's his old one, but it's also new. It's a little different. Uh, this is what causes the relaunch. And we can talk about uh, what, how that got involved and maybe go step by step by that final issue. But um, this is what causes the new DC universe to start. New DC universe, Pat being all number ones. Even Action Comics, even Detective. Everything is starting at number one. They're, and they're canceling doing that. everything and restarting with 52 number one titles. Mm-hmm. Well, wow, so there's no there's no legacy titles ongoing with the with the existing issue number, right? right. No. no, and when they when they were talking about doing this, they considered for a, a couple of minutes. Well, let's leave Detective and Action Comics at its numbering because they're approaching a thousand. Sure. And they said no. If we want to do this and make it serious, everything gets renumbered. Well, that has the stench of failure about it to well, this observer. Oh no. <laughs> Well, now, I actually, it, I think it had the stench of failure if they didn't do it. They, I think they were in a position where something had to happen, and right. this was it's, it. It's, uh, I think they looked at it as, we wouldn't be taken seriously if we didn't go all out with it. And but I you can, got the, the, the detective comic, that's, that's the longest running comic in history, am I right? Uh, action is. Action is. Action, okay, and, and, they, and even that. But, yeah. you know, it's funny because over the last few months... I've read articles where these same people say two different things. You know, uh, the numbering is important, and then th- two months later they'll say it's just a number; it doesn't matter. I'm in that camp. So, and I think I think um, something just dinged. Was that, that that's? Oh, okay. Um, anyway, yes. So they're numbering everything over now. We get we find out here in the first couple of pages of issue five of issue five that. Professor Zoom Eobard Thon is not actually the cause of these events. It's actually Barry Allen himself. Himself going well, that, back in time. That's what Thon says. Yeah, trying to trying to save his mother, and he he says, um, "This is your fault, Barry. This hell is your creation. You traded the life of your mother for the rest of the world. You changed time like an amateur." And I have a problem with this because Barry Allen has gone, he's traveled through time all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's been able to do it without these kinds of consequences. To me, this is Jeff Johns telling us as fans, okay guys, look, I know that this is kind of weak. But this is the best I could come up <laughs> with. It is an amateurish type story, but I have been editorially dictated to change the universe, and this is the best way I could come up with it. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't feel that it was. It was a cop out. I feel what it was was it was. I need to be ambiguous about this because am, ambiguity be, uh, beseeches you in the future to where you can say, well, actually, this is what happened, or this is what happened, and you can retell that stories. Once you start to lay out all your cards at the beginning. You're stuck with that story. I don't find this ambiguous at all. I think I think the uh, cosmic the the cosmic um, treadmill part is very ambiguous, and um, I I yeah I struggled with it. I, I I didn't think it was that good. This issue. I I didn't care for the explanation because I agree with Thon 
It was, this is an amateurish explanation. Barry Allen wouldn't have made these kinds of mistakes. Barry Allen's traveled back in time before without his cosmic treadmill. You don't. Need, he didn't need the cosmic treadmill. I think, now, when, I think when was that the was to bring out a caveat. Uh, it was back in the 60s. I can look it up. Because I, I read somewhere that the first time he did that was uh, the first time he traveled faster than light without his cosmic treadmill was uh, in crisis. And I just thought, really? Uh, it kind of ringed falsely to me, but uh, it could be. I haven't so, gone back and so read it. Let me ask as a non-reader of Please. this comic and even this DC universe... Uh, we're, we're dealing with a character, I take it, who has time traveled before. Yeah. Uh, effectively, suddenly uh, having trouble time traveling. It's more difficult. It's more problematic. Well, he has unintended. He apparently has traveled with the sole intention of making a right wrong. He was traveling emotionally and not logically. You could say that that's what Thawne was referring to. Is that he's traveling for a selfish reason and not to correct things yeah you you could you could interpret that line yeah. that way okay. and, and, and that is a very amateurish thing another do. thing i thought was interesting is that you know this this is the biggest change in the dc universe since the crisis in 1986 yeah arguably would you agree uh well uh, so far yeah well it's found it interesting that barry allen flash was the instigator of that yeah dc universe change and again here he is changing it Again, majorly, drastically. What, what happened in 86? <clears throat> Pre-crisis, the DC Universe was made up of a multiverse. It was several worlds. You had Earth-1, Earth-2, Earth-S, Earth-X, I different mean, it heroes. It was literally different, infinite. Different versions of, of heroes lived in different universes. The, okay. multi, the universe was not a universe. It was a multiverse. There were different... There, there could was, be a Superman that was black. There could yeah. be a Superman that was Chinese. There could be a Superman that was a woman. There could be a Superman that was a black woman. A lot you of know? that... I mean, it, it was infinite. What a lot of that there. evolved because as DC Comics started and grew, it acquired characters from other companies and uh, in order to um, explain how they existed, mm -hmm. they built on the idea that had been created with an Earth-1 and an Earth-2, the Golden Age heroes, how did they fit now in the new Silver Age? Well, the Golden Age heroes are on Earth-2, and uh, Barry Allen discovered Earth-2 and his Silver Age counterpart, uh, Jay Garrick. So now there's two, and then, well, when we acquire this company, maybe we can say he's from Earth-3 or Earth-S or whatever. So it just kind of built and built and built right. and built and finally got out of control, and DC said, let's just make one universe, get rid of the multiverse, combine everything, and make one universe. And they did it with DC, uh, with uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, a 12-issue miniseries. That and, and, and part, you were talking about comic book companies that were acquired. Part of it was Fawcett, which was the Marvel family, Shazam, and all those characters. Uh, Charlton, which was the Question, um, the Ray... Where was uh, Blue Beetle? Blue Beetle. Blue, Blue Beetle. Beetle. He was he was a fossil guy. So I mean, this was this was as Brad said. This was uh, this was them just acquiring. This is awesome. These don't networks. don't Bill. It's awesome. It's I, I believe our multiverse is collapsing. Yeah, that's great. I'm having a hard time concentrating on the show. Clearly, um, with this happening. Well, you know what? Uh -huh. hang, just, uh, hang on. Hey, we're good, oh, man. No, I'm, forget it. I'm, I'm done with the show. <laughs> no, no, get, a, get a rope and tie it from here to there. We're good. Can we do this on Patio S? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, okay. 
Knuckle bump. That's yeah, awesome. Punching the fist. Yeah. The, uh, I I brought up the the treadmill thing. The first uh, the first scene uh, of the treadmill was an uh, issue one twenty five of Flash, but it doesn't say the year. I really want Bill to be here when I start talking about something. Um. Well, let's, well, okay, so we're waiting on Bill, but let's uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the actions that happen in here. Notably, uh, Thawne is killed by Batman, yeah. which is play, which is in this universe played by Bruce Wayne's father, Thomas Wayne, who's a very different Batman. He will take a life. He has no problems killing anyone. Um, I did think it was cool that, that there's this the happened. Split. There's the pseudo-splash page. Ah, wow. So, See, the whole thing is that... Batman Bar- thrusting a sword <laughs> through the heart. Barry Allen created the Speed Force, and because Barry Allen, because the Speed Force exists, Eobard Thawne, the Reverse Flash, Professor Zoom, he exists. He can exist without the Speed Force. And if he kills Barry Allen like he wants to do, the Speed Force will stop existing, which means that he will be removed from existence so he can't kill come on bill this is good he can't kill the flash because he does this is is really good content guys keep it going (laughs) if he does he will cease to exist but because barry allen went back in time and changed things and here's part of the amateurish explanation he says i was running i was running through where is i was running through the time stream when you alternate because of that you've transformed me into a living paradox you freed me from the shackles of any history that means that he's not part of the story anymore, quote unquote. So he can kill Barry Allen, and he'll he'll still exist. It won't be an issue. And I I, I thought that was pretty lame. Uh, he, he is, yeah, he is for for all intents and purposes immortal in this in this universe. Okay. In that Im- immortal in the sense that he cannot be controlled. That explanation, by the way, rang really false to me. Yeah, exactly. And you should probably put a screw in that one. You know what? I'll get to it in a minute. Um, but I, I wanted to, I wanted to say something here. Um, I uh, I've been a big uh, big Jeff Johns fan, but is it just me or does it seem like what what is the right way to phrase what I felt about Jeff Johns's concepts for the last couple of years? Is it intellectually lazy? Is it is it the the good band who's running out of uh, new ideas. Um, what what is the deal? Because I've I've not liked. Uh, to me, Jeff Johns was pretty much infallible up until a couple of years ago. But all of a sudden, maybe it's it's overload for him. Maybe it's the the War of the Green Lanterns, the Blackest Night. I, I didn't really enjoy Blackest Night as much as I want to. I, I didn't get Brightest Day at all. I, I felt it was frankly a waste of time. I thought the War of the Green Lanterns. Uh, I heard people describe it as just an excuse for to make pretty pictures on the page and I, I kind of agree with that uh, I agree with I agree with you and I like your analogy of the band that probably should retire soon but keeps trying to make new albums yeah I I equate Jeff Johns with one of those bands I, I think that I agree with you guys too because I think just as you get older I mean we've seen it times and times again it's just as you get older I don't know. You lose something. You lose an energy, and kind of like this show. Yeah, right. the show yeah, started. That's a very good point. This is a completely different show, not because you're full time, but because we've done you know we've two, done two hundred of them. plus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's just running out of energy. He has these characters he's been working with for so long, 
And sometimes you need fresh blood to come in and revigorate and rechange and look at things the way you have never looked at before. Well, and I've always wondered how does how does a writer come up with four or five comic book worthy ideas a month? Not to mention, you know, the big picture. I almost think that the big picture would be the easy one to do. I've I've never gotten how you know I've I've uh, been reading a lot of uh, Jim Shooter's blog, uh, by the way, uh, which is amazing, but. The idea that a particular writer can create five or six titles a month and have them all be semi-fresh and original and I would argue with that in that there are a lot of bad comic books. And we have read a lot of bad comic books. And I think there are more bad comic books than noteworthy comic books. And you have to come up, if you're coming up with a story that's going each month, every day, it's like soap operas. You know, there's going to be a soap yeah. opera is every day for five days a week. For, for years, and there's going to be story arcs that are boring, but story arcs that are great. But uh, for well, the I think part, a lot, a lot of, of those story arcs are not good. I think a lot of it is that the uh, the, the writer, and Pat, you, you may be a perfect person to bring in on this, but I think uh, you expect that, uh, especially a comic book writer, is going to be uh, gifted with inspiration at all times. And, you know, that's something you kind of expect out of comic <laughs> Well, I mean, you're, you're asking for some dude who can travel faster and light to go save the universe, you know, every month. Um, no, I don't think it's asking too much. I think it's, it's the, well, I think it's the name of the job title, you know? I think part of it is that you also have 50 years of continuity to deal with. You want Barry to do something completely different that's crazy. There might be continuity out there that exists that may defer you from that. You know, oh, he can't do that because of this. Well, let me let me ask. There you a are question. limitations yeah. on it. Let me ask you a question about that continuity and about that big picture. I mean, clearly, there's, as we say, there's some writers who are writing five, six comics a month. There's also a bunch of other writers writing comics within the same universe. How does that big picture emerge? Is it planned and then executed individually by different writers? Or does it emerge sort of organically as those comics come out? And, and how, how are uh, differences reconciled? Is, is that a master plan? It, it's a master plan in that it depends on the editor. There's usually an editor for each, each family. Oh, you have to take that. Um, I think typically... For, for each family, like Superman, Batman, yeah. Independence, and stuff. You've and got then, Marvel and DC have an editor in chief. They kind of oversee the big thing, and then they've got middle level managers, and then they've got managers of, uh, of individual titles. When you editors. say managers, you mean editors? I of meant course. editors. Yes. Thank you. Middle level editors, and then editors of each title. And then they have retreats where they talk about uh, this year. Our big event is going to be this, and how do we want to organize it? So there is a lot of planning uh, in theory. Uh, to, to most of these things and uh, sometimes they work sometimes they don't um, it, a lot of it boils down to I think like the mid-level editors if they can coordinate with each other and delegate to their lower level yeah I said managers again I meant editors right but, but essentially that, that's what yeah. it is it's a manager who, who yeah. just tells the writers we need to go in this direction and like any manager stuff if you have a good idea He's got it. The manager, editor, has to see how that's going to fit into the master plan. Let's just call them editors. How about that? Yeah. The editors <laughs> have to f see how that's going to fit in the master plan. Right. And then, you know, if it's such a great idea, it's just, we have to change everything because Jeff Johns has this great idea. Guys, I need for you to do. I mean, during the Manhunter series, which was, what was that, 80s? When, um, when the Green Lanterns, they had all those... Um, 
they had all those uh, manhunters. I can't remember the name of the of the storyline. Yeah, I never read them. But right. but well, what had happened was that editors dictated that okay, you have to have a character introduced or use an establishing character two months before we start Millennium. It was Millennium. Yeah. Um, two months before the event happens because they're going to be revealed a as a manhunter, which is an android. And B, they have to be killed. They have to be expendable. Yeah. So a lot of writers had to create these characters that didn't exist in their storyline just to appease editorial. Okay, so let me i mean, let me fire back and take all the joy out of comics just for a minute and, and say, so this continuity, this big picture is going on on two levels, right? On the one hand, we've got the business of comics in which DC needs to sell comic books to make a profit. Right. And they have editors getting together, trying to figure out what plot line, what story is going to achieve that end. But at the same time, of course, we've got a universe of superheroes and, and you know, monolithic action and great color and inking and drawing. And so when we talk about something like the DC relaunch, do we have to take all the joy out of comics and say, really what's going on here is a business decision? DC's not making money, so they're starting over. Or... Is there a way that we can look at that and say, no, there's a, there's a truly organic and believable story reason for this? That's an awesome point. I think, I think what sticks in many uh, fanboys' cross, probably Brad's here, he can, he can elucidate here in a moment, but I think the, the, the thought that it's not grown from an organic source, that this is a an editorial decision uh, based on uh, the findings of the accountants over the last few quarters. Right. Um, it's and, always about money. Well, and it's not... Always. It's not a new problem that comics are losing market share to other outlets of entertainment. Big surprise. Sure. It's been um, happening for 50 years. Yeah, right? and uh, comics are... They're kind of in such a... Between such a rock and a hard place right now because... You've got the uh, the idea that well we can bring in new people through digital distribution. Somebody, uh, possibly yourself, who never had an interest in going to a comic book shop, all of a sudden might say, you know what? If I can uh, if I can download the the new issue of the Flash on my iPad and read it, and it's going to look great um, for a buck ninety nine or something, then then I'm good. I'll, I'll get into it that way. I'm not going to nerd out and go to an LCS and be seen with those other people. You know? um, I think it's more about convenience, though. It I'm, really is. I'm pulling up on my on my smartphone. The uh, is it? That makes for good radio. <laughs> I'm pulling up on my smartphone uh, a, a quote from... Everybody follow along. ...from uh, late August from Dan DiDio. Um, so this is what? This is about three weeks ago, then. Yeah. This is, and, this is um, extremely recent. The, wi- I'm, the Wi-Fi signal out here is kind of weak, so it's... It's taken. Uh, Don't complain about we my Wi-Fi get 4G signal. Out here. Yeah, I'm going to turn the Wi-Fi off. I, okay. I had Wi-Fi on when we were inside. Bill's More good house. content. But it was it was very frank, and it was um, along the lines of, "Hey, this is a business, you know, and the reason why we're doing this is because of money." Basically, he was just honest about it. So let me let me see if I can pull that up here. And what attention, though? I mean, because there's no within the world of the comic book, there's really no room for a statement like. It's a business. It's just a business, uh, people. Uh, because yeah, it's well, all about her, her, right heroic here. action and, and yeah. de- defeating evil. Well, and, no, it's also about licensing and keeping the company. But there's afraid. a reason there are no superpowered accountants. You're this is, right. This is Dan no DiDio. I can work that because at light speed. 
He says, the truth is, people are leaving superhero comics anyway. They're just doing it quietly, and we have been papering it over with increased prices. We didn't want to wake up one day and find that we had a bunch of $20 books that 10,000 people were buying. I guess one question that goes unanswered in that statement, but is really interesting to me, is why are people... I mean, we, you know, we said there are other modes of entertainment to compete with comics, but why yeah. are people leaving superhero comics? Because a- you have the internet, because you have movies, because you have... TV because you have your smartphones. Look at that. Because you that have say? the price three, point. Three ninety nine is the issue price on the Flashpoint. Three dollars and ninety nine cents for a comic. Book. That's four dollars for this. I, comic and and book. I actually, you know, I was a comic book fan in the late seventies and yeah. early eighties, and the price I remember for new issues is fifty cents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's it's hard to go in and, I read- and drop twenty bucks and leave with. Maybe five comics. Yeah, it's really hard to do. And that's why, like we use, we didn't mention our sponsor, uh, DCB Service, but they're a mail order service which you can get your comic books twenty five to forty percent off retail price. That you know, that's one way around it, but not everyone does that. Now, um, one thing I, I found real interesting, and I wasn't able to save the article, but um, uh, I read a uh, comparison of the price of a comic in 1970 all the way up to today yeah. and how the comics have far outstripped the cost of inflation a comic book um, that uh, a comic book that was worth 30 cents in 1970 that, that you paid 30 cents for um, the, the price of inflation and the comic book itself were, were roughly equal um, that price started getting kind of out of hand in the 90s and uh uh, it also doesn't help that you've seen the price of comics basically double in the last 10 years alone. And part of it is it's that vicious circle that comics are going in where fewer people are buying them, um, but I can't pay the creators less. I've got to make more money off this somehow. I'll have to raise right. the price, which drives more people away, which it's just it's absolutely spinning around a toilet bowl right now. And I still, I still refuse to believe. Frank and I have had this discussion before, and Brad was in the same room, but... Brad, uh, Frank believes that comic books are going to go away as a medium at some point, and I, I don't, I don't dispute the notion that there's a possibility that at some point, print comic books will become kind of a thing of the past. But my thoughts are that at worst, comic books become like uh, or floppy, you know, paper comic books by an LCS are going to become uh, like records. They will become collectors' items. Primarily, uh, there will always be some advantage to sitting there, flipping the pages in your hands. That people will always prefer that over having to sit there with a piece of machinery irradiating your your man parts, you know, in your lap while you're while you're flipping a page, you know, on an iPad. Um, an iPad, by the way, is an incredible way to read a comic book, and it's very legitimate. But it it will never replace, you know, feeling, you know. The, the smell of the ink it, and, it, and it, the... It, it will never replace it for you. It replaces it for the new generation. And that's... I'm not that's arguing that point. point. Yeah. I'm just saying you have you have literally said before that you don't think comics are going to survive this, and I think they absolutely will. I just think that, that it will be possibly a very niche markety kind of thing. I, I can absolutely see a future where 90% of comics sold are sold digitally, mm-hmm. but there will always be an outlet somewhere where you can go get a paper copy. Now, the thing that's scary about that is when we used to buy comic, uh, when we used to buy records as a kid, 
Um, this is the mid '80s, but we'd go to Sound Warehouse and you'd pick up the new NXS or the new Sting or whatever for five ninety nine on sale. Right. Nowadays, what's a record cost you, Pat? Twenty. Twenty bucks is a pretty typical price. Yes. Yeah. So if my theory holds true that someday digital transmission is the the wave of the future, but you can go to a and and who knows? I mean, yeah, this is it's it's. The, the Chinese curse is coming true. May you live in interesting times. Those are certainly this <laughs> for comic books. Right. Um, because which way are they going to go? I mean, personally, I like the idea of a future where DC says, you know what, we don't need 52 titles. Let's concentrate on what we do well. Let's go with 16 titles. Let's go with 20 titles. Let's put them back on spinner racks. Let's make them accessible to the kids. I think to answer part of your question from 27 minutes ago or whenever you asked it, um, I think a lot of it is... People have gotten out of comics as the price point has gone up, but also as it's become harder to find them. Because it used to be that you could go to a 7-Eleven or a grocery store and get your comics. Nowadays, you cannot. You have to find an LCS, and there may or may not be one in your town. LCS meaning local comic shop, by the right. way. Uh, but there are many times where there's not one that's accessible to you. I'm, I happen to be lucky. I've got two LCSs within uh, five miles of me. So I've actually, not only do I have an LCS, I have a choice. Um, well, and as a record collector, let me just say that if the analogy with music holds, it bodes well for the longevity of comics, if not for the mass appeal. Because yeah. you know, I've been a record collector for uh, thirty years, yeah. and certainly when CDs really grabbed hold in the mid to late '80s, records just rapidly decreased in popularity, almost left the marketplace. Right. But as that music. Uh, experience has become increasingly virtualized, which is what you're talking about with comic books on the iPad. The appeal of the tangible object has come roaring back, and LPs are really just soaring in popularity. They're generally more available now than they were 10 years ago. The same thing could happen to comics. This we is mentioned my, that on yeah, our music show. This is my hope with comics. This I, is what I hope happens. And I think, you know, it, it will go back, you know, I could see that happening, but it's never going to be to the point to where it was before. And that's agreed. Mm-hmm. Well, unless they somehow find a way to wrap, to, to... Convenience will always win out over over nostalgia. I mean, I think... That's I'm, why CDs are successful. That's why iPods are successful. Yeah. I think I'm not putting enough coins in the, in the, the wishing well, mm-hmm. but in my perfect world, comics would go back to a couple bucks a piece. They, part of the problem is that kids can't afford them anymore. And it's a really kind of a catch-22 because uh, part of what happened was the maturity in a comic book kind of grew with the generation with our generation. Um, comics were all ages until until probably the eighties. Is it Frank Miller's fault? <laughs> you could probably um, part of it is Frank Miller's fault. And Alan, Dude, that's that's actually a good um, point. I was I was reading and Alan Moore. Yeah, I I was reading. Um, Grant Morrison's book Super Gods, which is a lot about comic books, and yeah. and Frank Miller's the one that kind of put everything over the top to right. where it was something completely different than than what we knew. The, yeah, the Frank Miller is, is definitely the man who who changed the the way we see comic books. But the thing is, you can't you can't blame Frank Miller. For no, this. I mean, he's not blamed. It's just yeah. it's what happened. But that was the moment. You know, if you had to put a moment on when when things really happened. That was it. Uh, yeah, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Dark Knight Returns yeah. came out before Watchmen, right? Let's yeah, yeah. same year. Okay. But I, let's get back to the the Flashpoint issue. All right. Um, th- there are two key scenes that I think are important in this title. It's Barry having his talk with his mom, 
and and uh, Barry talking to Batman at the at the end of the comic book. Yeah. Right? Do you want to just touch on what what his um the scene with his mom? Well, before that, you have to you have to go you know back to okay. Thawne thinks he's been beaten or thinks he has Barry beaten, and he says, you know, you took me out took me out of the equation i can live forever now you can't hurt me before he knows it batman pushes a sword through his back and out his chest and says what about me i can hurt you so fawn dies <laughs> <laughs> and i tell you what man at that point i just about put down my comic book stand up and started clapping yeah because this is this is not bruce wayne by the way pat right. this is this is thomas wayne bruce's the, father bruce's father in the alternate timeline um he had to watch his son die by the same act that killed him and his wife in our continuity so, ah. so he's a bitter he's a bitter man who's not this afraid. This is actually to, my favorite part of the issue. Yeah. Thon gets it. Well, the you, don't you see the the close up where the the front of the costume kind of pushes out a little bit, and then yeah. you realize, oh, that's a spear. That's 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 yeah. the point of a spear, if you will. <laughs> so, a sword, what but. happens after that is that things start falling apart. All the bad guys are are beating up the good guys. Um, oh, there's Grifter. He shows up out of nowhere. Grifter's from the Wildstorm universe. Yeah, it's from Wildstorm, and then. Um, Thomas gets hurt real bad, Thomas Wayne, and he says to, um, he says to, oh, here comes Superman, Superman's finally making a, a public appearance. Which I felt that the Superman making the appearance was just weak, in that if I was locked up, this is previous issues, if I had been locked up since day one uh, of, of Superman's birth and never got to see the light of day, I wouldn't be fighting, I would be out. I would be gone. You'd be collecting some sunlight. I'd orbiting, be collecting yeah. sunlight and going around the world and not... Yeah, you'd be checking out Mars and seeing what it has to offer. I, yeah, I would not be... It, I would be experiencing the world and not worried about this fight. Well, that, that would be my in, argument. In this universe... But the, I think uh, that speaks to who Superman is at the heart. He says, no more. He's had enough. I'm, this is going to stop. think so? Yeah. yeah. So that's always in him? Yeah. Well, so, part of the thing, though, is that is you know we, we know that the... Uh, Superman has always been a moral character, clearly, but a lot of those morals were shaped by his parents, which he never had, because in this continuity, he was basically basically found by the government instead of by Ma and Pa Kent. And so he was treated as the lab rat you would expect him to be treated as, right. um, up until the point where he basically escapes during this world war that is happening uh, in this uh, Flashpoint miniseries. And he smashes. So he's Jason Bourne. Yeah, a little bit. Um, he's, uh, he's not am- he's not amnesiac, but uh, but he does not have a life uh, experience to draw on. Really, he's literally been kept in in a in solitary uh, pretty much his whole life now. We we don't know what he knows about the world outside. Okay. Then we get to more what I think is weak storytelling. Uh, Thomas Wayne is dying, and he says, "Hey Barry, you can you can change all this. Just run away, run away, and a new world will appear." It's really. That's all, that's all it'll take is if I just start running. Okay, I'm going to start running. And then he runs, and he starts running as fast as he can. And Before Thomas gives him a letter. Thomas gives yeah, him Thomas a letter. Yeah, hand, Thomas hands him a letter and says... Which is important later. Yeah, you, he says, you can you can keep your promise, you can save my son, and hands him this letter. And uh, it looks like Barry's reading it, and then he says, how can I run away this from this? So he just says, okay, I'm just going to run. And he starts running, and then he gets pulled into a visit with his mom. Which is weird, yeah, just very, very machine of God. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly he's of... running as fast as he can. Suddenly he's thrusted in front of his mother's house. And then they sit there and talk. And he apparently he tells her everything about what's going on. And she says, "Well, you you have to go. How many people? 
died because of what you did by trying to save me. You have to make this right. And he says, a bunch, but I won't let you die. And she says, you've got to do it. Either way, we'll be together again. So he's... I, you know, I have to say that the writing between him and his mother, I've heard some people say it was really emotional, really good. I thought it was weird in that his mom is talking about time travel. And, now, this is a whole new world to everyone because uh, there is no Superman or anything like that. Let's see if I can if I can find it. Uh, well, she, But you she, were drawn back when you started to break the time barrier like a lightning rod. Why is his mom saying that? <laughs> well, because, because he, he sits on this page here with all these uh-huh. vertical panels. Uh, horizontal panels. He's explaining he's, it. He's but explaining just, everything. But his. But why would his mom say that? It's just well, like lightning. Look, she she's talking about time travel that's, and stuff that's like that. John's way of letting us know that Barry has explained everything to her because yeah. she didn't know who he was. Because in the previous page, she says, "What are you wearing? What are you doing here?" And it's, he says, "It's it's my fault because of this." And then he obviously explains it, and she even says, "It's so hard to believe, Barry." So he explains everything, the, the, him becoming the Flash, the time travel, him changing it because he saved her life. And she says, well, obviously, you know, you've got to do what's right and make this, you know, I, I to think, change it back well, to the way it the, was. I, I think this could have been done so much easier. Like, if he had been running and then suddenly he has some type of mental connection with his mom and his mom goes, I, underst- I now understand what's going on, Barry. You need to save the world. Well, yeah. My it, problem son. here is that they're basically, runs. They're basically yeah. using magic to fix this. Because Barry is literally asking his mom, you know, well, okay, say I even do want to fix this, which I don't. How do I do it? And her answer is, if you focus on yourself, wouldn't you be drawn to the right time? I can't believe what, what? I'm hearing. They're using magic to fix well, the, the I, perils I'm, of the universe in a comic book? I know. I know. It's just, um, you know, they, they just won't be logical, you know, with the effects of a human who can run fast in the light. I mean, so, and Brad, Brad's complaint that, that about the line that, you know, run away and a, and a new world will appear, I mean... You know, I don't know how weak that is in the in the context of the story, but it strikes me as almost the definition of the primary impulse of comic books. Isn't that isn't that the point? Uh, well, it, it, Jeff Johns has raised the bar in that he's given he's been always able to explain why things happen yeah. and give us a very uh, a very implicit type of uh, explanation that in the core you feel good about. I, I, I know it's comic book logic pass, passes the smell test. Passes the yeah, smell I test. I think yeah, a okay. lot of the problem that that we have is that. Jeff Johns's explanation here isn't as great as his past, his past as explanations have been. Well, his his writing over the course of the last few years has become, I think, borderline Byzantine. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's got to the point where it's it's really hard to decipher. And this is that's not necessarily a good thing because you can say, hey, there are writers like uh, Morrison who you have to literally go back reread and try and figure out. I mean, there there are writers that do that on purpose. Um, my only real beef with this is I don't think Jeff is doing this on purpose. I mean, maybe he is. If he's trying to become deeper, if he's trying to become more Morrison-esque, then, I, then we I, need to we need to account for that in our equations here. Basically, I think I think he's becoming more um, um, more ambiguous to leave room for this new universe that's being created. You answer all the questions at first, you don't have room to grow later. He's waiting for marketing memos. That's yeah, right. Well, and that's what they've done. I mean, they've they've basically put a, you know, they've ended volume one here, or whatever you want to call it, and volume two... Um, is coming up. Volume two is, you know, we're all getting ready to see exactly what form that takes. So, Barry's mom says, you know, it'll be okay, you have to let me go. So he runs, 
apparently has no trouble running back in time again to without a treadmill without a treadmill to the time when his he was on a treadmill trying to save his mom so he pulls himself off the treadmill boom thing something happened big explosion then we got this two page spread crackoom which i need i'm gonna need some help yeah some crackoom i'm gonna need some help here there's this mysterious uh Woman, hooded figure who Which apparently I, has shown about. up yeah. uh, in in some of the other titles before this. Um, I'm going to go on record now and saying this is the loophole. Mm-hmm. She is the loophole when DC decides we need to undo this. That's possible. They're going to use her to undo it. I think um, she's going to be the new monitor, yeah. for lack of a better yeah. word. So she's, she's going to be the one in control of the new universe. Uh, on this, in that she can change things if she wants. Yeah, on this big. Uh, two-page spread here, Barry says, I need to run back into the time stream, but I see three timelines. Why? And we've got um, down in the lower left-hand corner, it looks like our heroes and villains of who we are familiar with. The DC proper. We've got Atrocitus. It's it's 2011 continuity. Yeah, we've got Atrocitus there, and we've got Sinestro in a in a yellow outfit, so we know that's the current thing that we've known and loved. You've got Wonder Woman in the, uh, in the, the J. Michael Straczynski outfit. Yeah. And above, we've got, it looks like Animal Man, Swamp Thing, um, John Constantine. That looks like our current, and Vertigo. that looks like our yeah. current uh, deal. And yeah, we've this got... Is, this is the post-brightest day. We've got Grifter and Wildstorm characters up there. Yeah, you've got uh, the about half of the authority. Universe. Yeah. And then on the right-hand side, we've got, on the lower-hand side, we've got what looks like the new... Uh, the new DC Universe, and yes. up above it also looks like the new DC Universe because Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, is back. Sinestro's in the green outfit. Yeah. Uh, Supergirl is in the new outfit that we've mm-hmm. seen her in. Um, and then the Swamp Thing. So, I'm having trouble here. He says, I see three timelines. He sees the Vertigo timeline, he sees the Wildstorm timeline, and he sees our timeline. Well, Because a lot of times... It was only through special issues that those characters would cross, like Midnighter and Apollo from the Authority. They're in, um, they're in the Authority. That's Wildstorm. Okay, so the three timelines he's referring to are the three on the left-hand mm-hmm. side of the page. Yeah, and I then, see, and then over to me, here on the, it's not at all clear. Yeah, and it, 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 it's not. It doesn't bother me. I mean, it's a mystery, but. But yeah, I'm not convinced in any way that we know what the answer is She's, yet. This mystery woman says, he says, why? I see three timelines. Why? She says, because the history of heroes was shattered into three long ago. Okay, right there. to weaken your world for their impending arrival. Yes. So that this is setting things up clearly, but but um, is this? are we supposed to know uh, what three timelines it was shattered into? Are we supposed to know when it was shattered? I, I don't think it's a time it's not a timeline it's well, okay. universes well, the Maybe history the of heroes was shattered into three long ago and my assumption was that the history of our of our current DCU now you're the you throwing out that it could be Wildstorm it could be DC it could be Fawcett or whatever that's interesting I hadn't considered that but I, I gotta think that it's it's pretty much gotta be you know they gotta be referring to the, the DC universe proper right yeah, I think I, I bet you I can pinpoint this moment where it got shattered. It was when Superboy Prime hit the wall that he was in. When he punched out an infinite he, crisis. When he punched out an infinite crisis, which also caused the that also caused the mistake with all the um, different Hawkmen. That's why there's two Superman. It just kind of messed things up. This well, is I, another series that yeah. came up. If a if years that's ago. if that's what she's referring to. 
Also written by Jeff Johns. I, I can I can accept that. Um, but the confusing part to me was, he says, I see three timelines, and I was trying to figure out on this page what they were. And I, th- I yes. think, I think, you know, Bill saying, you when I pointed up here in the upper left hand, you said you called that vertigo, and I'm thinking, no, that yeah, you're you're right because that was all kind of a vertigo centric thing. These are definitely Wildstorm, and this is the DCU. So, I. I could see three timelines here, but I can't see how they were. Something was shattered into those three timelines. You know, it, it's kind of a weird to use word that you use. It's a little ambiguous. Yeah. Well, but the it, I don't think it's timelines. I think it, I think that's a bad choice of words. It's universes. Well, but the phrase that she that she uses seems to be very specific. The history of heroes was shattered into three long ago. So. Whatever clues we're going to take from this, I think you have to take from that. And and I guess you could make you could assume that what's going on on the top of the page is Universe One, Universe Two, or History One, History Two, and History Three, and down the bottom is history old one, continuity history versus new continuity. History One, History Three, because this that, is this is all the same. Yeah, this is Supergirl in her new outfit. This is Barbara Girl Gordon in her new yeah Batman. This is Sinestro in a right. Green Lantern. That's what he is now. Yeah. Um, and then Apollo. here's the JLA yeah. Apollo and, and Midnighter yes. These are their new outfits So I that, think that Apollo? Who knows? Uh, that's Apollo. Resurrection Man Oh, okay cool. And that's Apollo That's Resurrection Man So Now Is Is there going to be a Vertigo titles? I think so But I think we're going to see um, I think it's going to be more like Fables I think it's going to be more like Sweet Okay, tunes. so up here in the so upper left hand corner Swamp Thing John Constantine Um and who's that woman? You know, I don't know. An animal man. Animal man was part of Vertigo a while back. Yeah, okay. he, so he's kind of he's kind of gone back and forth. I he's, think that's representing the fact that hey, we've had Vertigo, we've had Wildstorm, and we've had the DCU proper. But if that's and the case, just why aren't we up. seeing? Why aren't we seeing Blue Beetle there? Why aren't we seeing because the Captain Marvel family Beetle, there? Because because that's already happened, Bill. And yeah, Blue Beetle has universe. already been here. This is that universe. Yeah. Well, let me, it's a, weak. It's weak, Bill. Okay. I've been reading I see comics you shaking now. Your head. I've it's, been reading comics for a solid ten years. As I, when I got back into comics about ten years ago, dang near today, and I've been reading most titles. Yeah, I've been reading many DC titles um, for ten solid years. I'm this confused about what's going on, and I'm not a low grade moron. You know, this you is clearly very, you're very high grade. This is clear. I, I agree. Uh, my my moronity is uh, clearly of a of, of an, uh, an A grade. Um, As a non-reader of of uh, this new relaunch comic, let me ask this question: How you know within the story? How are these? Whether we want to call them timelines or universes, how are they being brought together? Through this, through his this. running. His this running so fast that it, has, it brings things to Time or, or t- space-time just sort of collapses yeah. these elements together. Well, it would be nice if there was an explanation because you see this lovely splash page right. here. This is then, all the explanation we get. And then the next panel is him waking up at his desk. He's running, he's running. And then we see them all Boom. we see them all within the same universe. Yeah, right. Apparently. Now, we see, and when, they, when, when Flash does finally come to see Batman in it, they are in the new... DC universe, but this has always been their universe. Well, so who's the Batman now? It's, it's Bruce Wayne. Bruce. It's Bruce okay. okay, here's here's the weird thing though. Um, 
I, I don't know that we're going to get to Justice League one in this uh, in this. I would like episode. to touch on it. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, in that case, um, in that case, it it can wait. Okay. So um, this is all the explanation we got, and it feels forced. And in reality, I think it really was forced. This whole decision to end the universe that existed and create a new universe. And basically, setting up the new universe, Pat, what happens is, as Barry wakes up, he wakes up into a a DC universe that has only, where heroes have only existed for five years. Okay? Um, Justice League number one and Action Comics number one are taking place five years ago. Air quotes. The rest of the comics take place in present day. Um, my understanding is that the first six issues of Justice League and of Action Comics are taking place in that five years ago arena. Then we'll jump to current time, five years later, up to current time. So that opens a lot of questions about, well, what, okay, if heroes have only been around for five years... What's happened to this character, this character, this character? Well, we don't know. We don't know how that's all going to work out. out. Well, you know, while nodding to Frank's point about the usefulness of ambiguity for a creative team, you know, I would also just say that, wow, if if, uh, the main uh, result of that attempt to bring the universes together is confusion, what a lost opportunity. I mean, that could have been something just outrageously cool, right? Well, they, they, fa- they failed to imagine that. You're you're right. <laughs> and I think I think a lot of it is that this was a poorly planned and poorly executed event. It it doesn't you don't feel the ramifications that you did with like Crisis or Infinite Crisis uh, or even uh, Blackest Night. There's just not that oh crap moment. Right. I mean, the the oh crap moment is when you turn the page from him running to to collapse the universes to Barry sleeping. That is that is my, the biggest letdown I think. My oh crap moment is when I finished the book and realized the DC universe that I have known and loved uh-huh. for years and years is gone. And you know, like when Lost ended, I felt like one of my best friends moved away. Oh no, I really do. And here with with Flashpoint number five. I feel like another one of my friends just moved away. So maybe the business of comics is making it onto the page. It's, oh crap, the comics are asleep. Maybe. Another idea of, of, you know, going back to Dan to Dan DiDio's thing about we didn't want to wake up and, and find we had only 10,000 people buying these $20 books. You know, what goes along with that is, say, let's say you decide now that you want to get back into the DC Universe. Would you rather get back on into a DC universe that has two months continuity where you can catch up on everything and understand everything and not have to worry about 50, 60, 70 years of continuity? How does that appeal to you as somebody wanting to, to jump in and start something new? See, um, I, I think that's a, that's a question that's doesn't have an obvious answer and I would actually say that my answer would be I'd rather have a rich and long storied progression that I could wade into and then get deeper into yeah. and go all the way back. I, I, I don't want it dumbed down and foreshortened and made simple. Well, I, I don't uh, and, and that's, in my opinion, that's exactly what happened with this book. 
I with was Justice League. Extremely oh. let down. Let's talk a little bit about the ending of Flashpoint, which is the the uh, probably the most poignant scene in it, okay. which is Flash delivers a letter from his from Bruce Wayne's father from the old universe to this new universe, which is basically just a letter saying you have to infer what it means, but you but it is the only communication he's had with his father since he died, and you know we even see Batman tear up. Because he is, uh, he is so taken back by yeah, you're, you're this, not, this letter from his dad. You're, you're not giving the scene enough due, frankly. Uh, I, you know, I thought been... this book. I was kind of, I was kind of hung and borderline mad by issue five here, until I got these last four pages. I think the scene between uh, Barry and Bruce um, almost redeems the entire freaking series. Well, uh, I thought it was. I thought it was. Kind of an amazing little sequence there. You know what would have been more impressive to me is if we had actually been able to read that whole entire letter. If anybody, having said what we said about to. John's, if anybody could have written an emotional letter that would have really meant something, it, it could have been John's. But here we only get like two sentences, you know, in in a, a frame here and then. It was, I personally liked seeing Bruce Wayne cry because. You know, he's this mysterious guy who doesn't have any superpowers, but we all know he's human, but you never see that kind of emotion from him. Except when a Robin dies. Yeah. You know, and then seeing him cry here was was cool to me. Um, I, I, I also thought that um, the way they handled uh, the Flash, at, um, equal parts cop-out and equal parts kind of made me feel good about it, that the Flash didn't lose every memory he had. Um, even though everything's changed, you know, he's saying that his memories of this world are fading every minute, but now, even hours later, he still remembers his 13th birthday party. Uh, he still remembers taking his driver's test. He remembers going to mom's house on Sundays. Um, so, That's he a, can they remember... refer to it as a gift. Well, but he doesn't remember... He doesn't remember... What is different about this world and the previous world? But he remembers the time he got to spend with his mama. What's up, darling? What you got there, I Zoe? Made pudding. You, you made, made pudding. pudding. It says H H W. Oh, awesome! <laughs> what kind of what kind of pudding is that? French vanilla. Awesome. Rock on. Yes. Trust uh, me, I got permission for this. No, I, I believe you. There um, we go. Let's jump to while we're eating pudding. Let's talk a little bit about Justice League. Brad, we already know how you feel. Let me let me jump in. Okay, I liked it. I liked it a lot. You liked <laughs> being talked well, down to. Yes, because <laughs> this is an inter- they are H-H-W. restarting a universe. Oh, sorry. Yeah, remember, remember, they are restarting a universe. This is meant for new listeners. Yeah, you, this <laughs> is uh, this is meant for new. You can do readers. that without treating them like they're idiots, though. I don't think they. I don't think they did. We were introduced to Batman. We were introduced to Green Lantern. We were introduced to Superman. And and all this. We need this as all our, this. Oh, absolutely. That's why I took it. Um, Send that to me. All this <laughs> being said. Um, and I don't know if this. I don't know if this sounds like a reversal oh, by okay. me. It's not. Okay, but all you this that happened. You want some? Yeah, thanks. I don't agree with Brad that it was... This one for you. Thank you, darling. And this one for me. <laughs> Excellent. Mm, very good. Mm-hmm. You did a good job. 
Awesome. I do not agree that this was a colossal waste of time. Uh, I do not agree that this is a horrible last-ditch idea to save something that might not have been worth saving in the first place. Um, my only real, my only real issue with this is how long are they going to have the guts to keep this going? At least a year. My my guess. Well, you mean the whole universe? New, new uh, will will they ever retcon everything back to the way you remember it? Thereby dragging you back. You know, they did it with the crisis 20 years later. Maybe they'll do this 20 years from now. Well, and that's what I'm thinking. I, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, clearly this thing has at least a one-year-long honeymoon. But, uh, but I mean, you know, if we look at that 20-year, if we project 20 years out, we're talking new editors. We're talking new... Um... <laughs> oh, did Bill not get any? Sorry, Bill. No, it's okay. You're okay. sick. Thank Bill, Frank went back for seconds. Didn't I even... thought Bill had gotten some. You know, I would I'm offer, too busy but... talking. You Bill, you can lick the ball, dude. Stop it! <laughs> 20 years from now, this is going to be people's off. history. Yeah. This if is what they're going to project. If it lasts that long. I just... I, I think the, the question right now to me that is most, most interesting is how long does this last? You know, is the intention truly for this to be the way it is now and forevermore? Uh, because clearly we don't know that. We don't know if Dan DiDio and Jeff Johns have a and Jim Lee have a sinister plan in place to fix everything in one year's time, two years, five years' time. I think the acid test will be between the five and ten-year mark. Um, if this thing lasts over ten years, then it may last forever. So, okay. anyway. Um, personally, I, I liked it because I was treating it as a number one. Whoever, this is new to everyone, I didn't think they were talking down. We got to see parademons. What's a parademon? We got to see Superman at the end. Uh, for what it was supposed to be, I thought it was very good. For Daddy. And uh, the only title I am looking forward to is Action Comics. Wow. Then what's the point of this relaunch if that's all you're looking forward to, you know? Well, that's me personally. Uh, I, you know, you know, I would have never bought Action Comics before, I can tell you that much. I love uh, Jim Lee's art. I've always liked Jim Lee's art. I think um, I think it's great. Oh, trash. Um, I don't know. I mean, Hal Jordan sounds... You know, and maybe he was this way when he first started. You know, he was very cocky. And you've read the Green Lantern. I, I've read the Green Lantern Showcase. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of... He was a little cocky. Not this much, but it was more like, wow, I can do all... You know, we're talking Silver Age here. Look what I can do with my ring. Wow, this is neat. Um, so it wasn't it, it wasn't that cocky he wasn't cocky but I do like cocky cocky Hal Jordan he needs to be put in his place. My favorite part of this issue was when Hal was talking to Bruce and he says, uh, "What are your powers anyway? You can't fly." Batman says, "No." Super strength? No. Hold on a second. You're not just some guy in a bat costume, are you? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and then what does but what does Batman do? He pulls the ring off of uh, Hal Jordan's hand without him knowing. Yeah, he goes. What's this do? My ring? How'd you get it off? Because I don't see any buttons, so I'm guessing it works off concentration. You weren't concentrating. You know, it's the it's the it's the same Batman that I like. The he's not. I don't find him cocky. I find him sure of himself, smart. But I, I guess maybe you know, just the whole idea that they're starting over just. It, it just feels unnecessary, and it's not something I want to participate in. So, well, you know, and and I'm I'm totally okay with with 
not reading any more new DC books, which is a shame because I really wanted to read Jeff Johns' Aquaman. Well, you well so, to, so you read don't Jeff have to Johns punish yourself. Aquaman. I mean, why are you punishing yourself? You jack I'm wagon? Pu- I'm not punishing myself. Okay. Well, then you're well, okay with you, not well, reading you said it. you want to read it. I do want to read it, but then, I don't want to... I don't... You don't want to give the money to DC and let them know they're winning? I mean, you, you vote can, with your dollars. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you can CBR it. You can just get, you know... That's illegal. That I wouldn't ever do that. No, I know, I know you wouldn't, do but you what? could. I don't want to. I don't want to invest in something that I don't want to fully invest in. Okay. Does that make any sense? That makes sense. So yeah. okay. So I like to go all out. If I'm going to go all out, then I'm going to go all out. I don't want to. I don't want to. <coughs> I don't want to go halfway. Okay. Yeah, it is. So uh, I've I've always gone halfway. So <laughs> you know I'm not gonna. There's no way I'm going to get all 52. Uh, I'm gonna wait in here, and I'm also gonna wait till they drop the price digitally, and I'm gonna go digital. Um, I'm just gonna um, get those titles that I like and wait for it to drop that one dollar, which means I'll per- be perpetually a month behind. But that's let me okay. just ask one question: We see Superman at the end of this. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about the new look? Love it. You guys like it? Love it. No, I don't like the lines and the paddings, but I do like the fact that he's not wearing the red. No shorts. red underpants. He's got a red belt. Yeah, I gotta say, I like it too. I think I've seen shots of the new Superman uh, movie outfit. Mm -hmm. I think it's similar to this in the fact that he's wearing a red belt and no underwear. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think, Bill? You like it? I'm okay with it. He I'm looks. Okay I'm okay with he it. He looks I, I was, regal, and and he reminds me a little bit in Wild, Wildstorm. There's a character called Majestic. Well, Majestic would do everything that Superman wouldn't do. He killed. He was a military guy. Man, I hope Superman is a little bit like well, that. Well, wearing your underwear on the outside is ridiculous and always has been. You know, you know the like reasoning it. behind Period. that. And this was in the Grant Morrison book. A lot of these heroes that were based in in that times, they were based on the strongmen from the circus and stuff like okay. that. Okay. They traditionally wore leotards with shorts outside of it. Okay. Outside of their outside of uniform. That was why they had those. That's why Superman's always been that way. Interesting. Isn't that cool? I did not know that. Yeah. And Batman used to be that way, but they Batman got rid of that seen. several years ago. You know, so yeah. it was like a full body, a full color. Yeah. Um, he had the yellow belt, but a full color. I um. I go back and forth, probably because out of nostalgia, mm-hmm. but I do like the way that looks. It looks cool. I really do like that. I don't know if I like the lines and the padding or whatever that's supposed to be, but I, I think, like the I way the cape... I think that kind of gets explained in the story. Mm. It's but like I, ceremonial armor, I think. Yeah. I like the neckline, the way it goes up, like Next Generation uniforms, Star Trek yeah. Next Generation. Um, it just, it looks like something, a superhero, it looks very superhero-ish. Very. Uh, I give, I, well, I, maybe, maybe we should, pre- maybe we should wrap this up and reinforce the, yeah. <laughs> the roof. Okay, the roof. so quickly, let's rate Flashpoint. Bill, you start. How many reverse flashes Out do you of five. Give? Uh, and, and do the whole event. I give the, The uh, whole event. Well, I didn't read the whole event, but I give, uh, I mean... I give it a, a very middling three and a half or so because I don't the what you, people are, are getting is that Flashpoint was just the start; it was not the ending. Well, for Brad, to... it was for Brad, it was the ending. For me, it was it was a new point, and and I'm I don't even consider this to be a jumping on point here. This is just a continuation. Um, but but you have to measure the event. So so uh, the, the event itself, uh, the art was beautiful. Uh, Jeff Johns' writing was competent, though uh, confusing. 
Uh, we didn't get a conclusion that I thought was concrete enough. Still leaving lots of room open for interpretation. Um, all in all, I'm okay with what's happened. So uh, I, it's, it doesn't bother me that what's happened. I have to. I have to include all this into the equation. Yeah, I know you're rolling your eyes at me, and, and you want <laughs> you want a five second answer, and you got a five minute answer, and, and deal with it. Um, uh, you know what? I, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it three and a half, and I give it base. I give it a thumbs up. Okay. Yeah. You know? Fred, it's a positive. Uh, I give the whole flashpoint event um, two reverse flashes as out of five as a comic book story because it, it just it like for me it lacked um, that pizzazz that mm-hmm. that I wanted in a big event like this there were uh, some cool moments but for the most part it, it felt like a lot of running in place good, a, lot good tread, a lot of treadmilling uh, I kind of agree with you Brad on the storyline and stuff like that I give it uh, a three nice artwork Cool, some cool concepts, especially hero-wise and stuff, but in the end, it really, really fell flat. Uh, with Justice League, the first one, I give that four out of five, so I loved it. I thought it was a good beginning. I can see it moving forward, and I think it's going to be a fun... And I just, I, I didn't appreciate the way uh, the first issue of Justice League, it really seemed to drag its feet. And it's got promise. Um, I, I didn't mind uh, the, the characterizations of anybody, um, but I think that, dang it, I thought the whole point of this was to get away from being beholden to the six-issue arcs. And that's exactly what this feels like. This feels like it's going to take five more issues to get this squared away. Um, I, will do this, I will do this the right way as soon as we're done taping, guys. Well, I, think, um, I think that's the plan, is, is to spend six issues on this. And that's a shame, because the whole point of this new 52, one of the points was to get away from the idea that you have to write for the trade. Well, maybe that's maybe that's the general way it's going to go, but there is a setting up that has to be done. Yeah, and, and the idea that... Yeah, see, I didn't know until you guys just told me here that, uh, that the first six issues are going to be five years back, and then they're going to pull it back up to present time, and that, it's all good. That's my understanding. Okay. That, that'll happen with that makes plenty action of sense. and Justice League. You okay? okay. You freaking out? No, I'm not freaking out at all. Do I look like I'm freaking out? Yeah, you do. No, you're you look wrong. like you're vibrating in place, like Flash on your t-shirt. No, I'm just, um, you know, it's, it is what it is. All right. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's say goodbye then, and uh, come back for uh, the next exciting episode. What do you say? And those oh, I of you, missed, I missed it. So, Red, what did you give it? You were, I gave it, and then you, you've already rated. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, you, give you it? mean Justice League? Justice League. Oh. Uh, Point five. Point five. Yeah. I didn't rate Justice League. I give it a I give it a two out of five, but I think there's promise. Okay. And uh, by the way, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, a number of the new DC titles. I'm not looking forward to all of them. Um, uh, again, uh, um, I'm I'm wondering uh, if their two ninety nine price point's going to hold because uh, both of the issues that came out uh, Wednesday were both three ninety nine. I kind of got to think it's going to stay that way. So we'll see. Okay, well, let's wrap this up. Uh, thanks for listening, and thanks for coming. Yeah, uh, Pat, thanks right. for having me. For, um, for those of you that are listening to this the day it was released, know that this is probably the freshest episode of Half Hour Waste you've ever listened to. Yeah, because it's hours. We Dude. recorded it, and we are releasing it four hours later, yeah. perhaps. Piping hot and fresh from <laughs> the oven. And uh, <laughs> glad to have Frank back, as always. It's good to be back. Yes. 
But we weren't sure if Frank was going to be here with us mentally, so we brought Pat along too. So we've gone from two people to four people. Wow. Now that's that's a new universe there, boys. <laughs> and like Frank said, next next uh, episode will be uh, some fantasy football talk, and I'm actually looking forward to it's that. It's going to be FAQ fantasy football. I don't look. I don't. Uh, I don't understand a lot of it, so I'm I'm going to have lots of questions. Okay. Well, with that said, be sure to visit our website, Half Hour Wasted, to check out our blogs, photos, and more. And don't forget to visit the new message board at formforgeeks.com. That's right. Send your questions and comments to halfhourwasted at gmail.com or drop us a voicemail at 972-798-3830. Be sure to, uh, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at Half Hour Wasted. Check out the Legion of Dudes podcast, which comes out every Thursday. Uh, we also have Out Now with Aaron and Abe, which is a movie-centric uh, podcast. Check out the Walking Dead uh, TV podcast, which you guys have had several come out recently, Brad. Mm-hmm. And, and don't forget to speak for, of the devil. And and keep out, uh, keep an eye out for Media Minutes. Visit our sponsor, DCB Service. And remember, until next time, I'm Frank. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take five minutes to do this. And I'm Brad. And I'm Pat. And we'll see you next time on Half Hour Wasted. Mm-hmm.